0: This is not television. People have a hundred different distractions they could go to, so you you have to keep you have to keep it tight, be valuable all the time, don't give away the ending. Do steps that are valuable and structured, be helpful, and then at the end, end quickly. Tell them to watch the next video. That's the real. It's not really magic. When
1: it comes to YouTube, too many marketers for too long now have been focused on discoverability or how is their video going to be surfaced by the search algorithms by YouTube. And often not enough focus is placed on what the video actually contains. And in this episode of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, I'm diving deep with Dane Golden from Hay.com to explore exactly that. What to say in your videos to keep people watching longer here we go. This is the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, helping you engage your ideal audience to action through online video. I'll be bringing you the absolute best in the world of video marketing, content creation, storytelling, and marketing strategy, as together we grow to dominate online video and build profitable businesses. I'm your host, Ben Amos. Now let's get on with the show. G'day and welcome back to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. This is episode 103, and I'm your host, Ben Amos from Engage Video Marketing, and I'm really excited that you're here. Thanks for joining us. So in this episode, we're continuing a YouTube month here on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast, as I bring to you our guest today, which is Dane Golden from Hay.com. Now, Hey.com is dedicated to bringing customers more value for their video marketing efforts. And they do this through YouTube channel management and optimization services with an eye towards using YouTube as a content marketing platform. My guest today, Dane Golden, also runs marketing for V-Roll, a platform which helps businesses with targeted YouTube ads and remarketing services. If you were listening back in episode 100... Dane actually joined me as one of the featured listeners to the podcast to celebrate 100 episodes of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. So you would have heard a little bit from Dane then, but when I had Dane on for that brief interview for episode 100, we we started talking about some concepts around the words that you use within a YouTube video to actually encourage people to watch a video longer or not click off to, to maximize retention on a video. And it was then that I decided to bring Dane back on the show for a full, podcast interview. And that's exactly what we're doing today. And it fit right in with YouTube month here in July 2019. So, so I'm excited to bring this episode to you because Dane shares some really interesting takes on how people should be approaching YouTube for the purpose of growing a business, but also around exactly that, how to create content that people actually want to watch. So let's dive into this episode with Dane Golden from Hey.com. Hey Dane, welcome to the show. Hey, Ben Amos, how are you? Oh, I'm doing well. In fact, I should say welcome back to the show because we included you briefly in episode 100 in the Meet the Listeners episode. So for people who did listen to episode 100, they'll recognize Dane's voice, but I had to bring you back on because we touched on some things in that very brief interview a few episodes ago that I knew we needed to dive deeper on here in YouTube months. So looking forward to our chat, Dane. Before we get into it, though... Tell our listeners about you and, uh, and where you come from in the world of video and what you do today.
0: Uh, let me just give a quick thumbnail sketch. And if you have more questions, you can ask. I'm, sometimes I don't like to go on and on about my history, but where people generally know me uh, from uh, previously is I was the first employee and later president of a podcast network called Twit, or This Week in Tech, uh, run by, it's owned by Leo Laporte. And he's a longtime tech broadcaster. And we had the top shows at the time in about tech, about Macs, about Windows, about Google, about open source software, et cetera. And that was a really good project and company. Was very excited to work there. And later I went to work for an agency to help them start a YouTube channel for a a big tech brand that everyone knows that I won't say. And we did a great web series. Wow, it was really expensive and looked great and everything. And I feel it didn't do very well. I felt that the metrics were bad. And I was very disappointed in the value that I was providing. And I dedicated my professional approach to learning how YouTube works and how it works particularly for brands. And I've done things in influencer marketing and paid media and channel management for brands which is my main focus and basically that's my goal is just to help brands help their customers through helpful how-to videos
1: yeah cool so give us the lay of the land of what Hay.com is today you've got yes you're publishing on a few different platforms youtube podcast just you know <laughs> what's the core of what you do here at Hay.com
0: right yeah so basically we help businesses manage their youtube channel and we have an eye towards helpful how-to videos you can call them tutorials education utility there's there's many different names for them but but our approach is simply if you can help more people you will make more connections they'll search and find you and you have an opportunity to make a sale simply put We also do paid media through our sister company, V-Roll, which is partly founded in Australia. You may know them from Gideon Gideon Shalwick. Shalwick. And uh, he's taken a step back. I've taken a step forward
1: and I'm helping them with marketing as well. Fantastic, awesome, and that's why you're the perfect person to bring on to this show to talk about YouTube today. So we're going to uh, basically dive into, particularly how how you feel that businesses should be should be considering and using YouTube as a platform to help grow their. Core business. So, and I think the thing is that most people recognize when they're using YouTube for a business, their goal is not necessarily to to monetize through the YouTube platform, through YouTube ads and typical YouTuber kind of approaches. Their goal is to actually just grow and sell more of their core service, their, their core product. So, when you think about that business case use for YouTube, you know, how should businesses be approaching YouTube uh, in 2019 and, and beyond?
0: I'm going to say something that's a little controversial. I think businesses on YouTube should give away their expertise until the customer insists on paying them for it.
1: Yeah. Love it.
0: Give away their expertise until the customer insists on paying for them, paying for that service. Now, what do I mean by that? I mean tactics, not strategies, the small tips that help things going. The strategies... You know, you and I, we're in a business, everyone listening to this runs a business or is a marketer or something like that. We know if someone asks question number one, that there's a question number 12 that we already know the answer to. And our tendency is to say, okay, that's not the right question. You wanna know question number 12. Let me just give you the whole thing. But that's not what they're asking for. They're asking for the first question. And you as a business should respond to that, answer the questions they do have and say, by the way, if you want to learn more, there's this whole umbrella of services we offer and this is one of them. So in your YouTube videos as a business, what are people asking if they didn't know your business existed? Yeah. Sound right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's a, there's a concept that's been around in, in marketing, particularly digital marketing circles for a while now around the idea of moving the free line in your business, you know, that idea of, of kind of it, particularly, you know, when it comes to digital marketing on what well just business today, it, you know, the, the internet's built on a foundation of free, you know, people can find what they want for free, whatever information they want. And as a business, I think what you're saying here, Dane, is you need to be using YouTube as a way of providing that information that people are looking for and giving it giving it away for free so that people know, like, and trust you and therefore want to buy from you. Is is that right?
0: That yes, exactly. And and you're right, we've conditioned ourselves to believe that we, with just one search, we can answer any question the worldwide, but can we really, we may get some parts of it, but really, can we answer that question? What do you think?
1: Yeah, so I mean, look, it just made me think about um, my kids, are five and seven year old kids who mm. just feel that Siri has the answers to everything, or you know, Google effectively has the answers to everything, and uh, you know, it's interesting is that sometimes people don't even know the right questions to ask, right? So, I think you know, by assuming that. Uh, you know the information that you have to share as a business. You know the inf- the, the knowledge that you have is just assuming that other people that people can find that anyway. So that you know why why should I be sharing that information? Um, I think it's the wrong way to go about it. I'm not sure if I answered your question or if I took that in well, a different direction. But
0: well, let let me talk about someone's expertise. Right, each each business person that's that's listening to this has an expertise. Their expertise is actually larger than what they sell. Their sell. What they sell, I think, is the core, at what the center, and the reason that they're doing this is because, hey, they need to make some money. But what they know is larger than what they're selling. And I recommend they talk about what their expertise is, which is larger than what they know. So um, people are searching for not what you're selling, but what you're, you know. And because they want to know it, and we believe that we can answer it. But, but in truth, we when we, you ask a level down, you realize, okay, well, someone may be able to tell me the answer, but I may not be able to understand it. And in truth, we as customers, particularly in B two B, B two C, doesn't matter. We don't actually need to know what you know. I don't. Uh, for instance, I in my VidCon talk recently, I showed a a talk about. Um, I showed a REI, which is a U.S. chain, and they're showing you how to use whatever mosquito bite repellent. Now, I don't actually need to know what goes in and how what percentages. I just need to have faith that they know what it is because I want to outsource that part of my life, that research to this person. They've showed me on screen that they know how it works. I trust them I will give them my business. So I don't need to know how to do it. I need to know that you know how to do it and you can do it for me.
1: Yeah. So let's apply that concept then into YouTube. So how should that then inform the content that people are producing and sharing on YouTube for the purpose of growing their business?
0: I can give my example of soccer balls or footballs, right? Yeah. Um, let's say we call it soccer in the US. So. Let's say I'm selling soccer balls. Now, you can make a very expensive uh, World Cup commercial. People are kicking the balls around, and and that's all well and good. I I think that's fantastic. I love to watch those. But you could take a different approach. You could say, well, with my soccer ball company, we realize in America that most purchases of soccer balls are by moms and dads, soccer moms, soccer dads. What do they want to know that's not about what I'm selling. They might, know, they might want to know that I have better stitching or better leather or whatever the thing is or bounce better. But what they really want to know is how to train their kid, how their kid can be better, better athlete, enjoy sports more, learn teammanship, learn drills. Maybe they're the coach of the team. Maybe they need to know how to have a pizza party after the game with 20 kids. How do you do those types of things? And if you give them those weekly tips on how to do that thing that, that makes your life better as a soccer mom or soccer dad, well, now you've become a friend. Now you become a trusted neighbor. And when it comes time to buy soccer ball with the expensive video that where people are doing trick shots or the person that's come into your life every week and helped you, which one are you going to buy?
1: Yeah. No, it's like it's classic content marketing, you know, like content marketing, even from the, the early days of, you know, pre-digital content marketing of, you know, soap operas were effectively content marketing because they were an advertising vehicle uh, which encouraged people to watch daytime TV and therefore they could, you know, get their ads in front of housewives, right? Um, and they weren't talking about the cleaning products, the soap that they were trying to sell, they were sharing information that that target audience was, that was relevant to them, that was interesting to them. And they position their brand alongside that. And I think that's exactly what you're saying. Am I right? Uh,
0: Exactly. And and when you look at the bigger picture, of course, there's many different types of possible content marketing there's entertainment and and other pieces like that but the the how-to tips that's the basic thing that everyone have to be good looking you don't have to have a good voice you don't have to be young or have hair you anyone can do it anyone knows how to show somebody what they know how to do and you, you don't even have to have a great camera uh, so what I believe and what I'm espousing, is that if you share what you know and help people on video, it can go further than, than say, a blog. Now now you're doing content marketing here for your business with the podcast, which is um, another type of content marketing. But let's compare it with a blog, for instance. Blog has can have great information, and we do blogs with our company. But 93% of communication is nonverbal, 93%. So it's really hard to know if you believe someone 100% or have that level of trust without seeing them and having them speak, speak to you. And, and we say that YouTube is a one-to-one medium. It looks like it's one to many. We think it's one-to-one because you're making a direct appeal yeah. and relationship
1: to the customer yeah absolutely and and I think that's that's so important for for creators whether they be business minded creators or, or otherwise to remember that they're talking to one one person to get really clear on who that audience is and that's what how people are going to resonate with the content so I know recently you uh, at, at VidCon you mentioned it briefly before you talked about um, this idea of using tutorial videos, and can you maybe explain a bit more about, um, about what that looks like and how people can, you know, what can you share with us to really understand how people can be more effective in creating this mm-hmm. kind of value-based education content like we're talking about here on YouTube?
0: Well, I'd start by thinking about what are the 20 questions that someone, if they didn't know your business existed, what would they be searching for? If they didn't know the name of your business, didn't know you, maybe didn't even know your type of business existed, but wanted to know how to do something that you know how to do, what would that be? And then I would look for those and there's all sorts of ways to do keyword research with TubeBuddy or VidIQ or Morningfame or other you know, SEO tools. But try to hone in on what you know and what you think you feel Comfortable talk about talking about, and that you like talking about. Frankly, if you don't like sharing things and you want to keep all your secrets, hey, stay off of content marketing. Don't get on video. Do your thing, whatever that is.
1: Yeah, but let's assume that they're not going to do that. So, um, you know, if we were to kind of unpack, what does that look like? I mean, should people just basically be, uh, you know, rolling camera and just, uh, you know, teaching? Is that is that what you're saying? Like basically. Yeah, you because know, I think that comes easy to some people, you know, and some, particularly some services, some business types. It, it's a really clear idea of like, oh, yeah, OK, so I have knowledge. I can tell people about this knowledge. But have you got any tips to share with us around, you know, how do how do you actually structure or, or pull that tutorial content together in a way that is going to provide value to the audience and not seem like you're just trying to flog your product or sell?
0: Right. 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 Well, we recommend doing 80% of the videos about things you're not selling and only 20% of the videos about things you are selling. And how should you, the video, the person on camera, think of the the people that are watching? Well, we recommend thinking of the people that are watching as a single person, a single viewer. You can think of it as sort of the general customer. Maybe there's a person who comes into your store or calls your business all the time who's a good customer or a bad customer or they're always misinformed or they always have the same question. If you can think of one person or just the viewer as a single viewer, not viewers, not an audience, I think that that's a helpful way to go. And you don't have to think of yourself as being on a set with a lot of great cameras. You're just talking to one person, just like we're doing now. We're recording this on Zoom. I'm looking at you, talking to you, and vice versa, it's a conversation. It's very normal. We're sharing information. And I think if you approach this, people will feel more comfortable because you will feel more comfortable. Uh, And I wanna add that wehey.com did a study a couple of years ago with TubeBuddy, and we looked at a ton of data and it was a a well-done methodology. And what we found, our, our approach was find if the word you, if you say it in the first 5 seconds, first 10 seconds, first 30 seconds, if your video will do better, get more views, the word you. Yeah. The word you and synonyms like yours, y'all, yourself, y- you'll, you'd and so forth. Yep. Would it do better? Well, we found a median of 60% 66% more views if you said the word you once in the first five seconds versus videos that didn't, 30,000
1: videos we looked at. There you go. Why do we think this is true? Why do you think it's true? Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what you were talking about, right? People people want to feel that you're talking to them. And by using those sorts of personal pronouns, I'm not an English teacher. I'm not even sure if pronouns is the right word. You could probably <laughs> correct me there. Maybe that's right. Anyway, um, people can write in. Um, so the using those personal words around you your mm-hmm. in those opening seconds makes it feel like oh they've created this video for me right so it personalizes it and so i mean it's not surprising but it's 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 really interesting to hear that data um and and what did you unpack from that data
0: well i'll tell you what what we believe to be true because saying a word doesn't necessarily automatically get you more views but we tracked more views so how did what do we believe is happening well what we believe is happening is that because we saying you then people say oh it's for me and we don't i mean you is a proxy for someone's name we don't know the person that's watching unless we're doing a live stream but as they are watching the word you says oh well Dane has created this video for me. Ben's created this video for me. Let's see what it is. And thus they watch longer. And because they watch longer, the algorithm promotes the video more, getting it more views. That's what we believe is happening. So people are, are taking it personally, taking it to heart, Yeah. What, pe- what the people are saying. And that's across many different
1: types of videos. Yeah, it makes sense, right? And I've certainly um, heard the advice spoken about before around even in the world of podcasting around, you know, using that same sort of language, like uh, when you're referring to, to the listener, to that person listening to this show. It's certainly much more appealing to refer to that as an individual rather than uh, you know to all the listeners out there that I fear a lot of podcasters using language like that. Um, so yeah, I mean I think that's awesome. I can see how that directly uh, impacts on the personal connection that a viewer that a viewer feels there. Um, have you got more to add from that study or is that th- that's basically what that study encompassed?
0: Well, the reason and, – and we had a long discussion about this uh, at Social Media Marketing World, if you remember, yeah. that um, I also advocate people always look directly at the camera in a business video because we're used to – that sort of documentary style where there's a producer off screen and since I don't feel comfortable talking to a camera I'm looking off screen but in fact I'm acting as a representative of the company I'm acting as the number one salesperson right now and you would never see somebody walk into an office to sell you on something and look over your shoulder you know that doesn't that doesn't happen you don't do that but um, anyway so that's that's I I believe the word you, if you say the word you, you can't help but want to look at the camera because you're addressing the customers who you're actually addressing or the potential customer. And I think that that's what people want to do. They want to help their customers or potential customers do something better. I mean, yes, we're in it for the buck, (laughs) but but we're also in
1: it to help people in our businesses. I think it's it's that layover from... Traditional broadcast TV, you know, um, the idea of looking straight down the lens of a camera in traditional broadcast yes. was really that was the realm of news reporters, um, because and the reason why news readers at the desk or reporters would be looking straight down the camera is they're reporting the facts, they're talking directly to to a, a viewer effectively and telling them what's what in the world right now. Um, however, you know. Particularly when it comes to you know documentaries or or other interview kind of situations, then it, they tend to, in a traditional broadcast sense, you know, have the eyes looking off camera because it makes it seem perhaps more more authentic and more uh, you know less direct. Uh, so, and I, I really appreciate that idea when you think about YouTube as a one-to-one platform. The value of that. One to one eye contact with your with your prospect, with your audience, with your viewer. it really can't be ignored. so so I, I love that you brought that up. I think that's really powerful.
0: in in uh, American television history, it was always the news anchors that were ranked the most trustworthy on television. There was a great anchor called Walter Cronkite who announced things like the Kennedy assassination and the moon landing and he was the one that said Vietnam's not going to work things like that what do they do they look directly at the camera yeah now there's there's some technical uh, ways to get people who aren't comfortable looking at uh, the camera and uh there's there's a for pros there's something called the I Direct E Y E D I R E C T who I've I've interviewed on my podcast and um, he's really interesting and then there's um, ways of using a teleprompter where you connect it to FaceTime so there's like a face sitting in there instead of words things like that
1: yeah yeah that's awesome I've seen some of those uh, some of those devices used before very, very interesting worth looking up particularly for the video producers who are who are listening. Um, so when we think about the the importance of using that personal direct language and the positioning of the the eye line on camera to hook people in at the start to basically to get people in there watching your value based YouTube videos to start watching. How can we keep them watching, though, because... You know obviously that's not quite enough just to keep saying you all the time and and uh, and yeah. that kind of thing. so any tips to kind of keep people watching and build on that retention
0: okay well let yeah let's 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 just talk about um let's start from a more boring analytics way for just a moment. If anyone's ever looked at their YouTube analytics, their audience retention, it starts usually with this double black diamond ski slope or waterfall, if you like, it just goes straight down. I think of, I think of audience retention broken up into four parts. There's the, the first part, the middle part, the end. And then there's also something called relative audience, absolute relative audience retention. Sorry. So the, the first part, whether it's an ad or, or, um, or organic, there's, any 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 drop there is the disconnect between what was in the thumbnail and the title and the topic and what you provided them in those first few seconds so if you said this was going to be about skateboarding and then you show somebody skiing there's going to be a huge drop off likewise if you said we're give, giving you something away free or whatever the thing is so whatever is happening in that title thumbnail make sure that's talked about in the first few seconds of the video right off the bat from second number one in the middle. Well, that's, are you keeping them interested overall? And we'll talk about those techniques. And then the end it's, did you say ending words like, okay, well, you know, and next week, basically guys like Tim Schmore and others have said at the end, give almost no preparation that the video is ending. It'd be a a surprise, essentially, other than click on this next video. Don't even say subscribe, any of that stuff. Just get it done. Now, there's a whole bunch of things you could do at the beginning of the video to keep people on. You can repeat the statement. I even have a lower third on my videos that repeats the title in the first few seconds. They know what the title was, but I'm just saying, okay, we're really talking about this. You're in the right
1: place. (laughs)
0: Yes, and then I talk about it for just a couple seconds and then I show whatever it is the thing I'm talking about, whatever we're gonna be showing. Do a quick uh, logo branding, you know, I do one to two seconds, Some, you can do as many as five, but don't, you know, don't do, spend too much. Then you can do a call to action. Hey, this is Dane Golden. this is the channel where marketers and business owners learn more about this so you can subscribe. Then I restate the hook, which was at the beginning. Restate the exact same thing. Show the image again of the finished product. So how do you do this? Uh, I recommend steps. Now, it's only going to, people are only going to keep watching if they find value. Like sometimes I, like I told somebody three ways to do a private playlist, for instance. Turned out, they were happy with one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so people have a ton of viewership on the first one. They're like, okay, I found it. I'm done. And that video does well because they watched the first part, but they never made it past one because they just needed a very quick answer. So it's important to never waste anyone's time because no one will ever watch a YouTube video for one second more than they want to. Absolutely. Absolutely. This is not television. People have a hundred different distractions they could go to. So you, you have to keep you have to keep it tight, be valuable all the time. Don't give away the ending. Do steps that are valuable and structured. be helpful. And then at the end, end quickly, tell them to watch the next video. That's the real, it's not really magic. I didn't invent this. I've cobbled this together from a number of people. Um, But this is sort of the established way of getting people to watch a tutorial.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I love it. And I think what's what's critical there is, you know, a lot of what you're talking about there around successful content on YouTube has to do with, you know, how you get people to click in the first place. So titles, thumbnails, that sort of thing. But also then how you get people to keep watching. And it's not – it's not – good enough just to have valuable information. I think what you're talking about there is it's also about the language that you use and the way that you structure your content. So you can you can have the most valuable information, but if you're not considering how it's structured and how you're leading people to keep watching, then you're potentially going to going to fail with your content. Right. So, you know, how would you. Yeah, how would you kind of sum that up for people? Like, you know, you've shared a whole bunch of tips there, but, you know, what's the yeah. what's the underlying key thing to have in the back of your mind as you're creating this kind of value-based tutorial content for, for a business?
0: The, the clock's ticking. Yeah. The clock is ticking always on every single video. And don't give anyone anything you didn't promise. Don't say, and also, by the way, I tri- I've tried this. And if I was like, oh, yeah, and there's a bonus tip, they're like, listen, I already got the tips. You gave me what you promised. I'm done. But our goal really should be, and, and Tim Schmoyer has, has promoted this more than anyone try to have 50% of your audience still on, not just 50% overall, but 50% still on at the very last thing, because then they can watch the next video and the next and the next. If they cut off halfway, there's more of a chance they'll watch someone else's video or leave altogether. So make it the video no longer than someone will watching. And if people aren't watching your videos or liking them, either you're you're not delivering on what you promised or what
1: you promised isn't what they want. There's only two options. Yeah. So how would you say that people basically use that value-based tutorial YouTube content that we're talking about and- Yeah, yeah you know, how do they connect that through to sales? Or do they just rely on if you give enough value, like you said, at the outset of this interview, if you're giving enough value, then someone's going to want to buy from you. Or is there some steps in between there, but like moving people from consuming, devouring your valuable content that answers all their questions on YouTube through to actually buying from you? How do we connect the dots there?
0: Right. And there's a tendency for traditional marketers um, who are running off blogs and websites to say, listen, we have to go from each video to a sales page. Well, sadly, on YouTube, what that does is that tells YouTube that people who watch one of your videos do not want to watch any others. And that will much lower your ranking. And thus you became you become a channel that's entirely driven by paid media or no one's going to watch. But... Uh, I'll repeat what Tim Schmoyer says again, is that the the YouTube, and, and you and I talked about this for paid media at uh, Social Media Marketing World, about the paid media funnel of video to video to video lower in the funnel, but actually there's an organic funnel too, and that is is that if somebody's watched several of your videos, first of all, you've made that's made your videos higher ranked in the algorithm. So more people are going to see them, but then by the time they do get maybe to the fourth or fifth video, which might be a sales video, they've already essentially gone further down the funnel because they've already built that knowledge and that like, and that trust about who you are. And now they're now we're just debating, is your service right for them or
1: not? So having, having that, that call to action that sales video, you know, sporadically spread out through your content strategy is, is the way to go, right?
0: Uh, you can have a, let's say on the end screen of every video, you can have your um, checklist, your downloadable checklist that builds your email list, et cetera. But you really only have one, one CTA at the, one verbal CTA at the end of a video, which is usually watch this next video And usually it's better even if you can identify what's in the next video and point to it on screen. Um, But some portion of those people are like, I'm already sold, get me the checklist or get me the website, but that that CTA really should be subdued. And every once in a while you can say, oh, and by the way, we do offer this service and click here, but you don't wanna have that on every video Maybe on every fifth video, and you can have dedicated videos that even are unlisted, that are just about sales.
1: Yeah, it's the it's the battle I think that is it between marketing and sales. You know that I think you know good marketing is about value for the customer, and sales often their focus is on you know making that conversion happen. But you know good marketing and sales, particularly you know with. Uh, when it comes to content marketing, it, it, they need to play together nicely. You know, the, the marketing team and the sales team need to be on the same team uh, to use kind of traditional, traditional language around that. So, yeah, I think that's, that's awesome and really, really good advice there, Dane. Um, just to wrap up, basically, can we, uh, can I ask you to shout out how people can learn more from you and, and dive in deeper into what you've got going on at Hay.com. Well, I'd love to have
0: people subscribe to my podcast and it's called the Video Marketing Value Podcast. And we cover a lot of great tips from the optimization and content marketing angle on YouTube. And of course, don't forget my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash heycom1.
1: That's H-E-Y-C-O-M numeral one. Awesome. I encourage people to go and do that, to go and check you out on YouTube and to and to subscribe to the podcast. And we'll have all the links to that and everything else that we talked about in the show here at uh, engagevideomarketing.com/episode103 or 103. Dane, it's been awesome to have you join us again. Thanks for coming back on the show after celebrating with us in episode 100. And uh, it's been it's been an awesome chat. I'm sure there's been a lot of value shared for for our listeners as well.
0: Thank you, Ben Amos, for having me.
1: Good on you, Dane. Talk soon, buddy. Thanks again to Dane for joining me on episode 103 of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Dane, I know you're a listener to this show, so I appreciate you once again for your time and insight on the show. So what did you guys think? I'd love for you to reach out and let me know on Twitter at Engage underscore Ben or Instagram at Engage underscore Ben as well. Thanks for joining me for this episode. And if you get any value out of this podcast at all, I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you get each new episode each Tuesday as it drops, but also to leave me a rating and a review for this podcast. It's been a little while since we've had some fresh ratings and reviews for this show. So I would really appreciate if you've listened for a while, or if this is your first episode and you've got value from this, I would love for you to jump on in right now and leave me that honest rating and a review. I really appreciate you very much for doing that. Now, even though we're coming to the end of July, 2019, which I've titled YouTube month here on the podcast, I'm actually gonna be bringing you one more YouTube-based interview next week. And my guest next week is YouTube guru, Nick Niman. And we've already recorded this interview and I can tell you, you will want to listen next week as it was a fantastic interview, which I was really excited to do. So make sure you hit that subscribe button and I can't wait to be back with you next week here on the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. Have an awesome week. Hey, Ben here. I just want to take a moment to help you out with something. If you, like many of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast listeners, are looking for ways to do video for your business better, then keep listening. I've put together a free foundations video course designed to help you better understand the fundamentals of effective online video strategy for your brand or business. The three-part video series will step you through the roadmap to ensuring you know what videos to make and why, so you can get started the right way with video for your business. To jump in right now for free, head on over to engagevideomarketing.com foundations. I can't wait to see you there.